Hello and welcome to Sweet Spot DFS. I have a course fit video for you guys for the 2021 Century Tournament of Champions. If you're with me in yesterday's pod slash video, you would know I had a preview for the for this tournament, and I covered past results, historical salaries, and the bucket system. Now the historical salaries are based off of DraftKings, and there wasn't much of a bucket system. We haven't played golf in the last four weeks, so we're not gonna have a last week bucket. And it's hard to do a last year bucket when it's an extremely limited field. There are usually 30 golfers in this field. This year there's 42, and that's primarily because they extended it because of COVID to basically anyone who made it to the Tour Championship and had not won that prior year. Uh, so we, we have a little bit deeper of a field, but it's still not enough. Um, and there isn't much edge to be had with the bucket system. Uh, but the video slash pod is definitely still worth the listen slash watch. And I highly encourage you to do so. So what will I cover in this course fit video? Well, I'm going to be looking at the tournament fact sheets. We'll go over the weather forecast for this tournaments being played. Uh, we'll do a course breakdown and then talk about golfers demographics. Now that will cover their shot shape which we'll also discuss in the course breakdown. It'll also cover where they're from and where they went to college. Try to get some kind of edge, you know, as to what region of the world they live in and how closely related it is to uh, the, where the tournament's being played. And then I will look at grass stats and course history to try to even break it down a little bit further and wrap it all up with the best course fit plays. Now, I want to have a little bit more purpose with that where I want to give you my favorite play in each like price tier and how I want to tier it out is like 10k and above, 8 to or 9 to 10, 8 to 9, 7 to 8, uh and 6 to 7. Now, for this tournament, we're only going to have like probably 6 to 10 golfers in each of those price points, but that's good. Uh at least we'll find kind of our favorite plays within those. So that's what you can look forward to at the end of the video. I do have timestamps in the description. I also have chapter mode enabled. If you're not familiar with that, that little red progress bar, either on desktop or mobile, it's cut out into segments, uh, well, chapters technically, and it will show you which part of the video those segments are. I mean, it, it will actually, if you are on desktop, you can hover your mouse over it. If you're on mobile, it's a little different. You actually have to click and hold um, the little progress bar to get to the point you, you wanna see. So it's a little trickier there, but you certainly can preview what the next segments are uh, and you don't have to go into the description to find the timestamps. So that's available for you. Let's go ahead and get into the tournament fact sheets. Okay. So, we are at the Kapalua Resort uh, at the Plantation Golf Course at Kapalua, which is in Lahaina or Lahaina, Hawaii. Uh, this course has been, or the tournament has been played at this course since 1999. So if you want to look at courses or course history, you can go back to 99 uh, and go forward. The PJ Tour has been here for the tournament champions each and every year. One thing I want to clear up in the preview, I didn't think actually Bill Core or Ben Crenshaw created this golf course, but they certainly did. 
Uh, I just had seen that in 2019 there were renovations done, and that's why I didn't give him credit. But it is a Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw design golf course. It's going to be played uh, at a par 73, which is kind of unique because we don't really see the PGA Tour playing a par 73 that often. We see 72, that's obviously your more traditional par layout, but we also see 71 and 70 quite a bit. The yardage is 70, it's gonna be a hair under 76, but when we get to the course breakdown, I gave all the max yardages that the PGA Tour used last year. It goes over 7,600, so it's a very long golf course, uh, and it, it can be, set up pretty long stimp we're gonna have 10 10 and a half now what i like to do is kind of compare it to the year prior to see if they sped up the greens or anything like that i want to find some kind of you know differences as you can see the stimp meter is nearly the same par and yardage is nearly the same as well obviously same golf course same resort um and if you look at average green size it's always good to see all this stuff just to see if there are any changes, which there are not. We scroll down, we can find the turf grass. Uh, and one thing I should mention, you can find these tournament fact sheets by visiting the gcsaa.org. Tournament fact sheets can be found at the bottom of the website. So you certainly can go there yourself, look at this um, for yourself. But we are on the greens are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, but tees, fairways, and rough are Celebration uh, Bermuda grass. And I want to say the difference between the two. I think Celebration doesn't require much care. If I if I remember correctly, when it comes to this Bermuda grass, it's a little bit tougher, uh, which is nice for you know a superintendent. You don't really have to put too much water on it or too much fertilizer or anything like that. It will retain. You know, it's greenness, it's shape, um, it's thickness, a little bit better. I can't, I just can't remember. I think Tiff Eagle, you can actually cut them down lower, and that's why they use Tiff Eagle. That's just what my memory serves me. I could be completely wrong with it. I don't think it really matters. Sure, that these are two different Bermuda strains, but I don't think it's going to matter all that often, or all that much. So... One noticeable difference I've seen from year to year. So this is, just so you can see, 2021 setup. If I scroll down and just highlight this so you can see the differences, we go down to the 2020 setup and look at the Bermuda grass. One thing to note is how short they cut the grass um, from year to year. So you can see the greens are at 0 0.105 inches. When we go here, it's 0.115. Now, you would automatically think since this is longer, it's going to be slower. That's not the case. Uh, it's all about firmness. Sure, the grass can act as Velcro, can slow it down a little bit. Um, but if you have firm greens, they're going to roll a little fast. If you have spongier greens, they will roll slower. So I'm guessing they have the greens a little bit firmer if they can run the stimp at 10, 10 and a half. Um, I don't know. I'm not positive on that. A lot of this also... Uh, is based off of how much rainfall they have gotten prior to uh, this tournament. I'm sure cutting it lower means you can actually, uh, means they probably had enough water to do so. 
keeping it a little bit longer will retain the health of the grass if there isn't a lot of rain, but um, I don't think there's much to, to really go by. I mean, it's like, we're not even talking about a quarter of an inch difference. It's like a tenth of an inch, a hundredth of an inch. Um, you can see the T's from last year, this year, this year cut down a little shorter. Rough is gonna be a little shorter as well. Uh, same with the, the, the fairways. So actually rough is nearly the same, two and a half inches. Um, fairways, 4.75 last year, or 0 0.475, 0 0.375 this year. So um, you can see a little, a uh, few more of the additional notes. Like we are on the 2021 uh, tournament fact sheet, but I don't really see anything different that really requires any attention. So we can move on. Uh, to the weather forecast. So like I said, we are in Hawaii or the PJ Tours in Hawaii. You can see Lahaini or Lahaina. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that one, but we'll call it La... I, I want to say it's Lahaina. It's got to be Lahaina. Uh, Hawaii. I mean, it's, it's just outside of Maui, I believe. The one thing we want to look at when it comes to weather... Sure, we want to see sun. If there's rain, we want to talk about it. We want to talk about how much rain we're going to see. It looks relatively clear throughout the whole weekend, you know, Thursday through Sunday. And the biggest piece of, of weather forecast we want to look at is the wind. Now, this is usually the average mile per hour throughout the day. It doesn't look like it's going to be too crazy. Uh, it's going to be definitely prevalent. Um, but it's not going to be that huge of a factor. And again, it's it's a no-cut event, so everyone's going to be playing all four rounds of golf. So it, it's you know depending on when you tee off, it's going to be it's going to be different. Uh, looks like kind of during the day, it's going to be a little windier than the night, but it's the night. They're not golfing then. So it doesn't look like we need to worry too much about weather. Now, if you wanted to be safe, if you have the stats. I would say maybe look at how golfers have fared in recorded like heavier wins, but usually your best ball strikers are going to be the best wind players. I think you're going to find a, a little better correlation of golfers who do well in the wind having great ball striking stats. Um, I'd, if you want to challenge me on it, I'd love to hear it. I want to see the stats to prove them wrong. Um, but that's just my take on it. So I wouldn't worry too much about wind, but you certainly can. All right, going to a course breakdown. Now, I usually like to look at each hole of a golf course. I either go to their website and look at a hole-by-hole -hole, um, video or something like that to see from tee to green what it looks like. Uh, but Kapalua doesn't provide it, which is interesting. It's a troon managed golf course you would have most true golf courses are good with with actually providing like a hole by hole flyover um but i think it's really up to the director of golf or the golf pro to do that and put it on the website um what i had to do is i like to go to a website called bluegolf.com uh, it's course.bluegolf.com go to the tournament i mean i usually just google this and then find it so i usually like to say like kapalua resort plantation flyover or whatever uh, and blue golf will show up 
and then it gives me all of these holes obviously you can see hole 18 i'm sure you guys can recognize it if you do follow golf uh it, it definitely does that little dog leg left this does not do it justice so i can't really see the contours of the course but i do know what hole 18 looks like i don't recall what the other 17 holes look all that much like um but looking at all of these images and trying to figure out um you know what shot shape is required i can i mean i'm a competitive golfer and prior to a golf tournament uh especially at a golf course that i have not yet had the opportunity to practice at i will obviously look at a yardage book this is no different than looking at a yardage book and in fact it's called i think it's called their yardage book or something like that uh, on this site i'm not positive but pretty sure it is uh and it actually gives you kind of a, a description of the hole down here as well now you can these are satellite images you can see kind of you know where the fairway is and try to determine where the rough you know where the fairway ends and where the rough begins that kind of thing but for the most part you can click and drag you know where you think a pga tour pro is going to be or where you know trouble will lurk for the most part when you look throughout all of this if we go back to my spreadsheet um off the tee you will hear it from many people uh this is not going to be a surprise if you're listening to other podcasts but it's pretty wide open there there isn't a required shot shape or ball flight on any of these holes if you do see one it's primarily because i am saying this hole it would benefit having that shot shape um like at the most extreme example like having a fade off the tee on hole 15 will set you up will put you in a really good um position to attack that green if you were too far left obviously you can see my the notes here drives too far left will require a draw like there's just no way around it because trees guard the left side so you would have to draw it and therefore that's why i have this it's all dependent on where the golfers are going to position off the tee but to save time and not to really go that far into this you can see off the tee pretty much it's dominated by any ball flight any shot shape does not matter when we look at approach it's a tie two holes i think benefit having a fade two holes benefit having a draw that being the last hole and why i think some of this is important now you know justin thomas won this last year but he had troubles on hole 18 on the last day and i think a lot of it comes from his inability to hit a draw as well as he can hit a fade he's primarily known as a fade golfer you know he's a right-handed golfer that curves it left to right that in a nutshell is the best ball flight to have for a right-handed golfer because it can it provides more control of the golf ball and i always say my moniker here during these course breakdowns is if you do see any you know if any of these holes are dominated by whatever shot shape if it doesn't matter on that hole always prefer the fade so to me having a fade is the primary ball flight you would want or, or shot shape you would want for any hand right or left hand but for hole 18 again jt had issues with this last year and i think again 
it had a lot to do with his inability to hit a draw. He can hit a draw, don't get me wrong, but that hole requires such precision when hitting a draw, especially when you have a fairway wood in your hand trying to reach green in two. If you can't just do it on command, like say a Patrick Cantlay, who draws the ball, you know, that's his natural shot shape. Same with Patrick Reed, who was in that playoff with JT. They just kept playing that hole over and over again. You would have, you should have given the, uh, well, I'm sure he probably did, but you should have given the uh, the advantage to, to Pat Reed. So for that last hole, it might matter. Same thing applied to uh, Tommy Fleetwood in the uh, Honda Championship. It was just cooking right along. And most of that course does not require shot shape one way or another. Got to the last hole, needed to make something happen. It required a fade. Tommy typically has a draw, puts it in the water, and the, the rest is history, basically. So, I only mention that because it might matter. If it, you know, changes your anchor player, if you want to call it that, or your core, you know, changing from, say, let me look to see. I already forgot who's at the top here. Um, say, like, Bryson, Xander, Patrick Cantlay, or Patrick Reed, any four of those primarily draw the golf ball. Same with Webb Simpson. Would that get you from Justin Thomas or John Rahm to a Bryson or a Xander? Maybe. And if that's the case, then so be it. Like, hey, you need to live by your own convictions. Mine, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the winner of this, if it's going to be JT or, or Dustin Johnson, they're probably going to lap the field. If, if they're on their game, I don't think hole 18 is going to matter. So I only, I say all of that only to come back and say it's probably not going to matter. But for you guys, it's all up to you. You guys have to make your own decisions. So I want to leave that with you. Now I kind of already showed a little bit of what the next segment's going to be. We're going to look at the demographics as I like to call it. So golfer information, you can see in the white here, we can see shot shape, home state, home region, college state, college region. Now we're in Hawaii. Is anybody here from Hawaii? No. Now you might think Tony Finau is from Hawaii, but he isn't. Like he comes from Tonga and Samoan descent, which is obviously islands very close to Hawaii. Well, I shouldn't say so close, but in the Pacific Ocean, south of Hawaii. I will say this. Don't get caught up in that. Like he might have like Hawaiian heritage or culture or whatever, but he he just that's not going to be a benefit is all I'm trying to get at. Um, again, we don't have anyone here from Hawaii. Maybe we use Japan, you know, as a, the closest, um, I don't know what you want to call it. Like region, um, geography to Hawaii. I'm sure it's very similar in, in many ways. I've never been to Japan. I've also never been to Hawaii, so I wouldn't know, you know, just looking at it, but Maybe maybe Hideki gets a bump. And Hideki has played well at this tournament. So it, it might be worth it. Maybe even the South Korean, like Sung JM. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but again, it's your own convictions. Um, so now that I have that out of the way, no, no golfer grew or lives in Hawaii. 
at the moment and no golfer went to college in Hawaii. So the regional aspect of this totally gone. Can't even, there's no benefit to it. Um, we can look at shot shapes and what I'm going to do is first sort by salary and then sort by fade versus draw. And we'll look at the fade golfers first. Um, it's pretty much dominated. You know, the fades are, let's see here. We have a total of 42 golfers. I kind of already knew that. 42 golfers. And it looks like I don't have shot shapes for these golfers. But I think if I remember correctly, now Ryan Palmer is notoriously, has notoriously always been a draw golfer, but he has worked in a, um, a fade. He's moved to a fade, I should say. I do know Carlos Ortiz hits a fade. Um, it's a pretty pronounced one. And I don't know out of these three golfers what their shot shape is. So let me go ahead and, and rechange this. So Mackenzie Hughes, Stuart Sink, Michael Thomas off the top. Thompson, off the top of my head, I don't know what their shot shape is. Uh, Nick Taylor and Harris English are really the only two golfers that I would deem can hit the shot can can work the ball both directions uh i've seen it with success that's why i do have it as both the reason that none of these other golfers have both although they could shape it both directions is i just have not seen success yet doing that so out of 42 golfers and i should say 39 since we're gonna remove these three and these two that makes 37 so out of 37 golfers between a draw or a fade we have 16 that draw the golf ball. We have 21 that fade the golf ball. So almost a pretty close, um, even split. Your top fade golfers for uh, salary wise, DJ, uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Hideki Matsuyama, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa. I could keep going on. Sung J M is down there. 8,200. Um, a worthy name you know, to, to put there our draw golfers, Bryson DeChambeau. Now he won the U S open hitting a fade. Like he hit fades on a couple of the holes. I I'm pretty sure he can hit a fade. I just haven't seen it enough times to give him that success of being able to hit the shot, both, you know, shot shapes, both ways. Xander primarily draws the golf ball. Uh, I believe he's even said it himself. He prefers hitting a draw. Same with Patrick Cantlay. And we all know Patrick Reed has to do kind of a, whirly twirly finish in order to hit a fade so uh he can hit a fade but i'm gonna say it's not that good uh of a fade and then webb simpson and cam smith Joaquin neiman are the other two golfers or other three golfers uh notable for hitting draws we will visit this later we will look at everything as a whole um after we look at grass stats and course history so what I'm going to do, because I already forgot to do this. No rows. One of those things you just kind of forget to do if you haven't done it in a while. We'll go here. Oh yeah, I could just never mind. I knew how to do that.
There we go. Perfect. This is what I want. Okay, so we scroll over here and look at the course fit portion. Um, I want to cover grass stats first and then look at course history. So let's go ahead and sort by overall Bermuda. Your top golfer is Dustin Johnson. And this is going from 2013 to this exact date. Uh, this includes RSM Classic. That was the last Bermuda event prior to this event. Uh, OHL was played right after that. I should say the Mayakoba Golf Classic. Um, but the RSM Cla uh, Classic is baked into these results. I don't think DJ played. Pretty sure he didn't. Um, but that's what you can see here with overall Bermuda. The guy dominates on, on Bermuda. So he right away is kind of one of my favorites to, at this tournament. I will be playing quite a bit of Dustin Johnson. Surprisingly enough, Patrick Cantley comes in second. And let me just name off the top. We'll, we'll name off the top 10. Um, it's DJ, Patrick Cantley, Webb Simpson, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Mark Leishman, Sergio Garcia, and Adam Scott. Sung J.M. is basically 0.14 points behind Adam Scott. So he's, you know, close in that mix. Uh, and then Hideki's right after that. So that was in ascending order. So DJ again at the top of that list. And I just went down the, I just went down the list. Looking at the top 10 Bermuda percentages. Now this is the percent that they finish in a, you know, top 10 in a, a Bermuda event. John Rahm is actually at the top, 47.06%. So he's kind of making a really good case of being a better pick than, say, DJ or JT based off of what we see there. Now, all that says is that 30.53 overall Bermuda stat with that 47 is he's a little volatile when it comes to Bermuda golf courses. So he can strike the iron hot, finish in the top three, or finish somewhere you know, maybe miss the cut or whatever. That's what causes this number to get higher. Um, DJ is right behind him, though, 44.44%. Again, the better overall Bermuda stat. Then we have Sergio, good stat as well, uh, but then JT. So your top three guys for salaries on DK just happen to be your top, some of your top Bermuda golfers. Um, JT probably gets a little step down since, I mean, he's fourth in that uh, Bermuda percentage. He ends up being fifth in overall Bermuda. I mean, you know, I don't know. We, we might be grasping at straws there if, if we find that to be too big of an issue. Now, I do have 2021 Bermuda stats. I don't think it really matters all that much, but you can see DJ has a second-place finish, it looks like. I don't think he's played uh, any other events, uh, and I can't remember exactly where DJ played. That was Bermuda. Um, I don't have that spreadsheet open right now, but you can also see Hideki Matsuyama has a second place finish as does Kevin Kisner, uh, and then Harris English. These are your only, uh, these five golfers, Harris English, Kevin Kisner, Matsuyama, DJ, and Brian Gay, only golfers to have a top 10 average finishing position in 2021 on Bermuda. Now, all of this combined with course history you see Hideki Matsuyama and Dustin Johnson are your top two guys. All of that to me just screams play DJ and don't even think about it. 
DJ will be over 30% owned in my lineups. Um, he has the ball flight for this course. The course history, the Bermuda, everything, it all matches up. It's, it looks really good. Now, where is JT on this course history? He's won this tournament, but he is down um, 13th place when it comes to course history. Uh, 9.60, which is not terrible, but again, we only have 30 golfers here. You could make uh, a claim that usually 10 of those golfers, although they've won, aren't really in the elite conversation. You know, let's say Jim Herman by chance. I think he played here last year. Um, not quite elite. Uh, obviously got invited because he's won a golf tournament. But when it when you compare him to like Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, uh, obviously it doesn't compare. So when we look at nine point six zero versus five. Not too many points separate those those golfers. But with everything included, DJ is your top-rated course fit play. Um, and, you know, when we combine everything, I think John Rahm has to be second in that list. And then... I guess we, we obviously would, we'd put uh, Justin Thomas there. So in my rankings for course fit, I would put DJ first, Rom second, and uh, Justin Thomas third. I, that's no knock against Justin Thomas. I think he's a really good golfer, but that's how I would do it. Okay, let's wrap this up by giving our best course fit plays by each price tier. So 10K and above, above. Already talked about it. DJ is my guy. Uh, 9K and above. Hideki Matsuyama is going to be my guy. Obviously, we saw course history is really good. If we want to use that Japan narrative, we certainly can. Uh, and also, overall, Bermuda's not terrible. Um, I can't remember where he ranked in that. But uh, in s still, 2021 Bermuda, really good as well. All right, so 8K and above, I'm probably going to give the slight nod to Sung JM. I would say my second guy is going to be Colin Morikawa. Uh, Morikawa, 27.75 when it comes to overall Bermuda. Finished here seventh last year. Sung JM, 34 when it comes to overall Bermuda. Have very similar. Gosh, let me just, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to give the, the slight edge to Colin Morikawa, but I do like Sung JM as well. Going into the 7K range, we only have 10 golfers to speak of. Kind of kind of knew that. Um, and I would say probably Mark Leishman is going to get the slight nod. Now, I'm not a huge Leishman guy. I really can't stand to play him all that much, primarily because, uh, you know, when you do roster him and you're following him along on Shot Tracker, you're going to find a couple drives that go way out of bounds somehow i don't know the guy doesn't hit very far doesn't swing very hard compared to the other guys so that's a relative term um and how his ball goes sideways as much as it does i i just don't know so i'm gonna give the the course history or the course fit nod to mark leishman but i'm not thrilled <laughs> playing mark leishman we could give uh a little bit to kevin kisner he's kind of a Bermuda's where he lives on basically I mean like the grass not the the actual place um so he's done really well in Bermuda has a really good percentage so does Sergio so don't sleep on Sergio regardless of 
what I'm saying here. And then finally in the 6K range, um, obviously we see no one has very good overall Bermuda or top 10 Bermuda percentage, you know, when it comes to the rest of the field. Really, Kevin Na's the only one that doesn't stand out as terrible uh, down here. I do think we're going to find a winning lineup, a winning DFS lineup, having at least two of these golfers. So we kind of have to make a stand on one of them. I I mean, Robert Streb has not been good for a while, but obviously he just won. He has an eighth place average finishing position for this tournament. And I guess if I were to look, let me just let me look as to why. He could have only played this one time. I'm sure he only did. Uh, Streb, where are you? Yeah, one time in 2015. So maybe I'll I'll eat my words, take that back. But I don't mind Streb, honestly. We'll have to look at the um the strategy video tomorrow to really see hunker down on some of these golfers that I like down here. But I think for the most part, obviously Lanto, hard not to to play someone like him, which I probably will. Has really good value. Um, man, it's, it's difficult. If Brian Gay is good to go, he's probably a good play as well. I don't mind Hudson Swafford and I don't mind Robert Strepp. So, okay. Got to give you a ranking. It's going to be Lonto. That's kind of an easy one. It's kind of a given. We'll give Lonto the best 6k range for course fit. Um, but also just so you know, nobody down here really has the greatest, Bermuda averages, especially for those that play a bunch of tournaments, like the ones here in green. I mean, it's obviously you 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 will have your own convictions. I do believe. I mean, these three golfers here that are around that seven k uh, price tag, probably going to be good good golfers. For those just listening, that's Carlos Ortiz, Ryan Palmer, and Lonto Griffin. I really like those three. Um, you could do worse. So. With that being said, those were the best course fit plays, and we will end the video there. So, appreciate all of you guys listening and watching. Please leave a, a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, and I will see you in a strategy video tomorrow. All right, bye.